Hi, Nelly, and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. First of all, before we launch into today's topic, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from, what you do, that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, my name is Nelly, Nelly Heidebrecht. I'm living in Berlin um, and uh, uh, professional, I, or my, my profession is that uh, um, I'm a technical account manager at a startup company, SourcePoint. And um, uh, yeah, my role is here is to uh, communicate with customers and to support them with technical um, issues. Fantastic. So interestingly, this isn't one that I would have expected, but it's going to be a really interesting discussion, I think. The title of today's podcast is, Are You Afraid to Improvise at Work? And how improv techniques can make your meetings and presentations more exciting. So this is absolutely fascinating. I love the world of improv and I'm sure we're going to really get into it. So the first thing I'd like to know is when you're talking about improv, where do you get your inspiration from? Yeah, great question. Um, actually, it's not that I, I'm preparing something. Um, I let it come. When I'm on the stage and uh, we, we start the scene, then I, I really look at my, my partners, at my colleagues, what they are doing. And um, when they start with, uh, with uh, um, to implement um, a room, for example, then then I get my inspiration from that. Then then I associate, um, for example, when when I'm outside in a park, then uh, I think, yeah, how would I like to feel outside right now? How is the weather? And then then there I get the inspiration inspiration from. Usually, I'm not the the one who is um, giving the first. Um, offer yeah we we say when you go on a stage and you don't have a script then you have to offer your partner something and um, I do that too when I have to go to the, the to the um, station at first but usually I'm I'm waiting for the offer of my partner okay so let's take it back a step there may be some people listening to this podcast who don't really know. I mean, they know the word to improvise, obviously, but don't necessarily know what um, improv actually is. And it sounds to me like you're describing, you mentioned a theatre. So it sounds to me you're describing kind of like, like an improv troupe in a way. So, so what do you do when you're getting involved in improv outside work to start with? Yeah, uh, improvisational theatre is uh, is a genre of theatre, and usually um, there is no script for the players. There are um, two to three players on the stage, sometimes more, uh, and um, there are there are different um, games, predefined games that uh, that uh, can be played. For example, uh, a replay. For a replay, you establish a scene. Yeah, you go to um, to the stage and you implement uh, the um, the place, the time. Um, then the people are um, defining who they are. They define the re- uh, the relation relationship between each other, and then um, then the story um, 
has to be developed, then it's often or um, usually there's a conflict. And at the end, there will be a solution for this uh, conflict. A scene um, is not longer than five minutes. And after that, um, the audience can choose in which genre the scene should be replayed. There, that's where the, where the um, name comes from. And for example, Western or um, uh, or um, silence movie is, is a very uh, common um, or soap opera. And then the same scene will be replayed in this genre. And um, yeah, that is that is for example, it's a it's a predefined. Um, game and and uh, and we play it fantastic i mean it sounds kind of nerve-wracking to me to to sort of walk up on stage no script no idea i mean you've got an idea you've got a, a structure i guess of these games but i mean is it how do you get over your nerves of going on stage going i literally don't know what's going to come out of my mouth really yeah that is um um good question <laughs> and uh, um for myself, I, I'm not that nervous. Um, uh, as soon as I'm on the stage, the, my, my, my nerves are totally calm. Before that, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. But they are, um, they are players that are really, really nervous. Mm. And, uh, and then when they go to the stage, they're brilliant. So it's it's the it's funny to to see that, and yeah, but you yeah, um, it is uh, it is not that difficult as you would think because you can learn techniques, and when you follow these techniques, then you have you you have some kind of um, structure, not a script but a structure. You know what to do on the on the stage and uh, how to proceed. So it's not that you you go on the stage and you have nothing. So that's fantastic. So I'd love to delve into that a little bit, into those techniques, because it sounds like it's something I could I could do with making use of as well to help me come up with some stuff on the spot. Um, so what what sort of techniques do you use? Yeah. Um, I mentioned it, it before. You, you, when you have to, uh, when you establish a scene, then you you have some kind of steps. The yeah, first step, the the first player goes to the scene and decide de defines um, the place and uh, the time, and uh, and he he has to do some action. Yeah, on on stage, it's very important to to do something because. Otherwise, it would be boring, and um, so that is that. That are the first uh, steps to to um, let the audience know what is going on. And if you if you don't follow this, the audience would not know or would have question marks in in their head, and and they would think about this open uh, about these questions, and then the scene would not work. So you need to um, f you need to wipe all the question marks marks in in the heads of the audience. So and and you learn that by make first make um, make the uh, make clear what is the place where where when is it and who am I? And the second player needs to uh, define the relationship. For example, 
when there um, when one uh, is a is a when the first player is is a person uh, walking in the in the park the second one is for example a policeman then you have a clear um, relationship you have defines the status policeman is, is has a high status and and the uh, the walk, the the person who's uh, uh, walking through the park has a lower uh, status and um, then then the policeman usually um, says you have something uh, he accuses the, the the one you have dropped uh, rubbish or whatever or you haven't um, followed this and this law and um, so then it's very it sounds very easy to to follow these steps but usually um you have really to train this and um and practices it and uh, yeah and then what really what um what you can also learn which techniques um help are that you um work on your um, body language uh, there are special exercises to train the voice the the speed of the um, of the, the the speech and so there are different um, games and exercises to train all these uh, techniques and uh, uh, skills fantastic so i can see it coming together i mean when we talked about this Let's go back to the title of this this podcast because we're talking about making meetings and presentations more exciting now. It would certainly make it exciting if a policeman walked into the middle of my meeting, but but I don't think we're looking at that. So so how does this translate then to to corporate life? How is improv making the leap into into professional meetings and presentations? Yeah, when I started to um, to uh, I, I started uh, improvisation theater at uh, at uh, a school, uh, impro school, and then um, I took some courses and then I, I um, joined an, uh, a group and then I had another group and I, pl- I played for I think five years and. Um, First, I, I didn't realize that uh, improv was impact, impacting my my professional life, but then I realized, oh, I can use, um, for example, I can use other techniques that I learned to control my voice and to um, to speak low, slower, and um, um, to, to control my body language when I want to play a high status. I learn how to um, how to act with my body, and then I realize, oh no, I'm translating it into my professional life, and um, that was very interesting for me. It uh, it was some kind of subconscious, but uh, then I realized, oh, I can make it conscious too. I can um, I can take this technique and translate it into, for example, into um, a situation when I when I have to do a presentation or when I when I have a meeting with a client and uh, uh, I want to make a pitch. 
It's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, the reason I'm so interested in improv is way back in the day, deep, dark mists of history. Um, I used to do public relations for a couple of comedians at the Edinburgh Fringe who were in um, a reasonably well-known improv, UK improv group. So I spent a lot of time watching it. Never, never did any of it. Didn't have, didn't have the, the, the balls to do it, frankly. Um, but I spent a lot of time watching improv and it's one of my favourite types of comedy. I really really enjoy watching. I know you could do improv, you know, very straight acting as well, but the comedy bit is, and it's always very amusing when, as you said, the audience shout out certain suggestions and you just have to suddenly twist and go, okay, now we're in a, in a, they seem to love detective noir for some reason. It always turns to detective noir. I don't know why, but anyway, they're obsessed with it. Um, but I can totally see what you're meaning there, Nelly. I mean, you, when, when I watch these guys, doing the improv, I know that actors have to be really responsive to what um, their partner, their acting partner is doing. But I imagine that's massively heightened in improv because at least as an actor following a script, you know what the person opposite you is going to say. You don't necessarily know how they're going to say it, but you know what they're going to say. So you've got an idea of what your reaction should be. But an improv could be anything, you know, and you have to be really receptive and empathetic to what they're going to do. And I see how that translates into business because I guess we've we've all done it. And you saying that thing about changing your body language, um, which obviously the, the listeners to this podcast can't see because we're audio only, um, is, is that, you know, when you said, you know, you changed the high status, you, you literally sort of sat upright a bit more, shoulders back, head back. And we all do that, don't we? We kind of put on a little bit of physical armour. So if you're going into a pitch and you're nervous, you know, if you were to adopt your natural body language, you know, you'd want to sort of shrink away. Your voice would get quieter. You might speak an awful lot quicker because you're nervous. But having done those exercises, I can see that you'd be like, right, okay, let's do what's counter, counterintuitive to how we feel. And we'll put on this armor. So we'll stand up straight and already we feel a bit more confident. Chin up, we sound a bit louder. And by purposefully remembering to speak more slowly, we can be really impressive. <laughs> so I can see how I can see how that happens. I mean, is it something that you speak to colleagues about and say, hey, how about do you try and teach improv to your colleagues? Yeah, I actually did this with my colleagues in uh, in, in my former job. And I, I, I said, yeah, let's do let's do an improv game. And it's really fun and, and it's training this and the skills, for example, the speech or um, uh, what you said, the, the awareness of, of the other people. And uh, um, yeah, so, um, but um, the reactions were not, <laughs> were not, uh, yeah, they were mixed, I would say. <laughs> I think it's funny, isn't it? Because if you're not someone who enjoys that kind of um, right. actor, artistic expression, you can think, well, this is a bit silly. Why did I go to business school to learn to sit up straight? This is nonsense. But I suppose when we're talking about putting it in a business context, you know, you're going into pitch. You all need to look at what your audience is doing. You know, so if they're all sitting there, arms folded, sitting back, like I've got a convincing job to do here. If they're all sitting forward, eagerly open and listening, you know, well, we can relax a little bit more. They're already open to us. So you're picking up on so many cues because it's interesting. If we go into things with really fixed ideas of how things are going to happen, then often it doesn't work, does it? Because you know, 
people feel that we're not receptive to to their thoughts and they want people to to take on board how they feel about something, whether that's a pitch or a presentation or a business meeting. Always people want their feelings catered to. And you can do that non-verbally just by the way you act towards them, can't you? I mean, just, just to wrap up this podcast, I mean, it's so interesting to delve into. And I think, I think we agree, we should, we should be encouraging people to go and, and, you know, go and look at improv, go and watch it, join a workshop, you know, do something a bit different. But what sort of advice would you have for people listening to this going, well, I wasn't quite sure how that linked, how improv works with business, but and now I've heard that, that's good, but but where do I start? I mean, obviously, maybe maybe not plunging straight in with colleagues and getting them to workshop an improv. <laughs> <laughs> if if a person is really in, interested in improv and try, uh, wants to try it, there are um, there are a lot of improv uh, workshops or or schools where you can uh, book. Uh, uh, a training and uh, and and then you can try out. Is it your thing? Do you want to do that and and follow follow it and and see what um, impact has improv on your personal and and professional life? Of course, you can also go to to a course how to um, yeah a, a body language course or or about your about your voice or you can go to a workshop um, presentation workshop or how to set up a pitch properly and you would learn the same techniques but uh, I think um, improv is more fun way more fun it definitely is and it certainly um, I think as as, um, you know Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot would say it exercises the little grey cells it certainly keeps you on your toes doesn't it Nelly thank you so much for joining us on the PMU podcast today it's been fascinating to listen to it was a pleasure for me thank you fantastic thank you so much and there you go that's it how was that (laughs) was good thank you nothing to worry about no, no. What was more like a conversation? Yep, the best ones are. It's, as I said, it's not. You know, it is subtly different to being interviewed, like a Q and A interview. Say you were, you know, on a doing a presentation, for example, and someone was doing a Q and A. It's kind of formal, but podcasts are are more anecdotal. They're more relaxed generally um you know you can you can ask me questions for example there's no no rush to no need to but it's not sort of you you're not being interviewed and stuck on a pedestal necessarily in a podcast but it worked really well i was really pleased with that oh thank you yeah well, good Next time I will ask you some questions. <laughs> well, that's, it doesn't have to. It's just it's you know if something occurs to you, you can do it. Um, I would. Um, I want to. Um, I want to make it more. Um, or my plan is uh, to make this kind of uh, interviews more interactive and and um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about. Um, preparing a, a short game and and uh, play it with you for example just yeah, to, to try some text techniques but uh, yeah next time i I'm, I'm thinking about it and next time i would do, go into this uh, direction i think that's that's fantastic well here's hoping you get a chance to do more podcasts because it would be fun 
chat. Okay. Awesome. All right, Nelly, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to have to shoot off and bounce into the next one now, but it was lovely chatting to you. Yeah, I thank you. And take care. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye.